This week, I got a chance to talk to Chris Hoyt about business startups, where great ideas come from, and some of the most common mistakes businesses make. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, and this is Lorraine Ball, your host. And today, I am really excited to be chatting with Chris the Brain, Chris Hoyt. Chris is the marketing mentor for a company called And Marketing. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today. Hello, Lorraine. Thanks for having me. Chris, there are so many different things that you and I could talk about, but what I really am intrigued with today is some of the work that you've done with startups. And over the years, I know you've worked with a lot of startup companies, and some make it and some don't. And I wonder if you can share some of your insights on why some companies do and some companies don't. Thanks. So in the tech world, there's been a big boom of startups, of course, over the last uh, decade or more. And we've been able to collect data to look back and see what really makes a company succeed or fail. The bad news is that one of the biggest factors is, is one that's hard to control. It's timing you know, being at the right place at the right time, bringing the product to market at that sweet spot. The next one, which is a little easier to control, is your uh, your team, having the right people that can really do the job. But the third one I'm, I want to talk about today is market alignment. There's another term that goes out is productization, but it means being able to take what you're doing and tweak it, work it around the edges, refine it to really fit the needs of the market and where it's at. Okay, so when we're talking about productization and we're talking about adjusting your product to fit what the market needs, it really comes down to, I think, a little bit of having a good idea of where you need to go and maybe looking at good ideas versus bad ideas. How do you decide and then how do you take those good ideas forward? So people like to say there's no such thing as bad ideas, but one of the things I I want everyone to know is that there really are bad ideas. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of startups start with genuinely horrible ideas, but the truth is all ideas suck until they don't. We put way too much emphasis on being clever or being uh, innovative and simply thinking of something that maybe someone hasn't thought of or doing something in a way that's unique. And we pat ourselves on the back for that a little too much. And it can create a sense of uh, entitlement, you know, like, hey, this is a great idea. Uh, People should buy it. You know, when you're talking about that idea of a good idea, I remember at a startup weekend, someone, uh, one of the speakers said something like, if you have an idea to do something that no one else has ever done, you might want to step back and ask yourself why. Yeah, that's a, that's very true. And, you know, skipping ahead just a little bit, I'll say that um, I have found the startups that tend to succeed the most reliably, reliably aren't ones that, I hear, another quote I like is, um, the, the most guaranteed path to success isn't to do something extraordinary, it's to do something ordinary in an extraordinary way. So a lot of people want to do something extraordinary, but they tend to do it in a very ordinary way. So they come up with a unique idea that's clever or creative, but their execution is mediocre. And it's because they're inexperienced or they've never really done a business before. And they are so focused on the virtue of the idea that they lack customer support, they lack good follow through, they lack good processes. When in fact, 
some of the biggest gaps in the market are doing things that are very ordinary and every day that we just need, but doing them in a way that's extraordinary and really like a um, above and beyond customer experience. That's sometimes the most reliable path to success. You know, that is so true because brilliant ideas, if you can't execute it, it doesn't really matter. In my experience, when I've worked with startups, I find a lot of times they stop at the idea and they think, well, okay, we're done. But the real heavy lifting, I think, comes much later in the process. Right. So when you're looking at these companies that you're working with and and you're helping and you're trying to get them through that productization phase where they take an idea and make it a great one, what are the things that business owners really need to be thinking about in that phase to make that really important transition from great idea to great company? So the the thing that's going to help you make a great product the most are your customers. And this is one of the fundamental missteps companies make. They often think, I got to come up with something really great and then go get customers. I've in fact found, you know, if I'm talking to a young startup and they're like, you know, and they have an idea and they'll say, so do you think I'll uh, succeed or not? I have one question that is really, really accurate. Uh, I'm going to say 90% accurate in in me being able to predict if they'll be around in a couple of years. And that question is, do you have customers? Now, that may seem like an obvious question, but so many startups go for a very long time without any customers. They're, they're living on an idea and a hype engine. It's actually better to go get customers as fast as possible, even if you're having to give away work for free, you know, even if even if it's kind of like pulling in connections from your personal network, just so that you can get something in their hands and start getting genuine feedback as to what was the real value of this to you? Uh, what were the obstacles to using it? or getting value out of it? What do you wish it did differently or or what? how would you recommend improving it? Customers are often your best collaborators to get an idea off the ground. And if you spend too much time trying to refine it before you even start interacting with customers, you're typically living in a bubble. When you come out of that bubble, you'll find you have something that's still irrelevant to your customers. That is a fabulous point. When I was working in the engineering field, I, I ran into that a lot with engineers that thought they knew more than their customers and getting them to understand that no matter how smart they are, they weren't the ones putting money on the table and really helping them make that transition, I think is so important. I can think of lots of products that we use now that don't even vaguely resemble what they started out as, but it was the customer input and how the customers use the product that really helped the company pivot towards a successful business model. Yeah. A really great example of that is Viagra. Uh, Most people don't realize that started out as a heart medication with a really weird side effect. You're right. Most people did not. I I, I guarantee you most people had no idea that that was what that particular medication was originally designed to do. Fabulous example of customers coming back to the company and saying, did you know your product does this or I used your product this way? Right. Yeah. Yeah didn't help me with my heart so much, but I still might use this. Kind of closing thoughts. If a business owner has a, what they think is a potential idea, getting it in front of customers, anything else that they really need to do very early on to make sure that they are set up for success. The the biggest thing is to change your expectations on timetable. Don't think of your first step as 
ramping up really fast and making a lot of sales and trying to raise a lot of money. That's just a big mistake almost every, you know, I just see all the time. It's better to go slow and let a a product mature and do everything you can to mature and develop, you know, interact with customers, work on something. It's very hard. That's where people lose a lot of sleep. Getting to a point where instead of having to push your product and, and work so hard to get people to understand it and buy it, but get to the point where people are, you're to the point now where it's so refined and, it, and it's meeting people where they're at at just the right place where it starts getting really easy to sell or to get people to see the value in it. That's the point now where if you go and get investor money or, you know, go raise funds or go get a loan, you're in a better position than leverage wise, because you're not going, I have an idea that might or might not work. Give me money. You're saying, I have an idea. It does work. Now I just need room to grow. Awesome. Chris, this is really great advice. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thank you. I always enjoy getting a chance to talk about myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually going to leave in that laugh. If people want to connect with you, where should they look for you online? Yeah, let me uh, just give a few things. So if, they, if they're interested in having me for a presentation, you know, a coaching session or a workshop, then go to christhebrain.com. The marketing company I work with and, and uh, offer uh, mentorship with is uh, and-marketing.com. Even if you can't remember anything, just Google Chris the Brain. I own it. Fantastic. Chris, thanks again. Thanks, Lorraine. I appreciate it. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you want to learn more about business and marketing, be sure to check Check out our blog at roundpeg.biz and look for more than a few words wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.